Hello and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on the realities of life in the pub trade. With the return of sport and the upcoming Euros football tournament coming up, we're going to be focusing this week's episode on running events and occasions from key dates like Father's Day through to sporting occasions and running live music nights. I'm the morning advertiser's Ed Beddington, and with me as ever to discuss the issues are my trusty co-hosts, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. Events are a key part of the pub trade, whether that's gearing your trade around, standout dates, or organising your own events. Getting them right is vital. So it's important that we draw on the best expertise to ensure that we give you the best insight and information. People who really know what they're doing when it comes to running successful pub businesses. Experts who know the business inside and out. John. Sadly, they weren't available until later, so we're stuck with James and Heath for now. It's relentless, isn't it? What's this, 24 issues, this thing? It's 27, I think 27. I've used that joke, what's, what's 23 of those. Insanity, isn't it? Doing mm. the same, same thing over and over again, mm. expecting a different a laugh. result. Oh, yeah, yeah different result, a yeah. Laugh, a laugh, yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate the support, guys. It's, um, okay. it's, it's noted. Ever-ending, um, much like those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, inverted commas, yeah. Mm. So, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast because we've just bigged it up really uh, really well now. Using the links on the website, you can listen in through iTunes, Spotify, and other broad- podcast broadcasters of your choice. Please also like us on social and share with your friends and colleagues. If we can grow the listenership to 10, James has promised to buy you all dinner. Three kindly, James, thank you. No problem at all. Uh, so, I said, well, <laughs> if we ever get there. <laughs> So, as I said, we've actually got some real experts on later to talk events. We've got Damien Chapman from Loxley Sports Bar and Grill in Sheffield talking about his plans for the Euros. We've got Charlie South from the Brickmakers Arms in Norwich to talk about live music. And we've got Jane Jones from Fuller's to tell us about how they've been staging live theatre events in their pub gardens. And, oh yes, Heath will probably bang on about wine a bit. Mm-hmm. Wine, wine, wine. That's there we go. But first, let's have a look at some of the things that have been going on across the trade. Um, I mean, recruitment is just the one thing, isn't it, that everyone's talking about at the moment. Uh, The challenges of getting staff in. We've got some pubs that have actually said um, that they're... uh, having to shut down their food offer because they can't uh, can't meet demand. I mean, mm. what, what do you guys uh, think, seeing? What's your experience? There's no one around. There's no one. It's, you know, you see operators like, I think, Hawksmore Restaurant Group um, put out a thing and they're paying their staff, you know, it's, it's nothing new that's never been done before, but uh, it's been done before, I mean, I mean, um, paying their staff to find friends to come and work for them, incentivising mm-hmm. them. But, they wouldn't be in that position if they didn't sack all their staff before Fiblo. So, mm. <laughs> um, I saw the pub near us, the, the Bull in Ditching, were doing a £1,500 signing on fee. Like mm. a, like a uh, was golden, it? golden handshake. handshake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, never seen that. It's still going on, but they're open, so it must be under some amount of pressure. Yes. I do think you're right, though, Heath. I was talking to someone about this this morning. Um, it's not in the trade, but talking about you know the wide, widely reported um, difficulties we're having. But interestingly one of them did have a connection to pub and they did sack all their staff last March so getting them back they're now working in other places so I'm not sure I'm sure we might have to ask you know dig into our souls a bit deeper as to why we have the problem um, yeah. and maybe you know it's a bigger yeah, question about there's also but like there's also job security and um, why yeah. not go and take a job at Waitrose packing shelves knowing mm. that when the pandemic of it carries on and there's another yeah. lockdown you've got a job well, you go back and work in a pub on social hours you get yeah. home late 
and then suddenly the, the pandemic hits and your boss goes you know what we don't need you anymore mm. and you've got no job security so I don't blame these you know I don't blame those kids who took advantage of furlough didn't come back to work um, you know used furlough all the way through and then went mm. you know stuff you I've mm. had my other job I've made two incomes mm. I'm yeah. not coming back to work in the pub. You guys don't look after me. Yeah. And that's a problem. We don't look after our people enough. Hmm. I mean, that's probably being generic, though. I mean, some places do. But I think everyone's... I mean, you, you've looked after your guys, but you're yeah. struggling. Yeah, everyone's struggling. Well, but yeah, but we're, we're open. We've not affected our hours, but also we're hands-on. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's not like we're sitting at home being frustrated. We haven't got any staff really working. So it's a bit like leading from the front, you know? So it's not quite... You know, I think. You but, but, you know, but the issue is, they, you know, COVID hit. They all went back to their home countries. Do they really want to come back? Actually, got quite a nice life back over there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, young kids don't want to go and work in kitchens or work. You know, they want to have a, mm-hmm. they want to have a life and be out. I so. do think. I do think the, the it's really crystallised the the unsocial hours. Because they've all been spending a year having a good time with their friends. Now they're going to have a good time well, they shouldn't watching be, the other because friends. Because they should have been in isolation. No, and not we know what was going on. And, yeah. But, yes, yeah, so the hours, you know, it's a midnight finish. is punchy. Mm. <laughs> okay, granddad. <laughs> True, though. <laughs> not really. Huh? I used to work in clubs till six in the morning when I was younger. Yeah, you were a lot younger. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Heath is hardcore. We've established mm. this over, over mm-hmm. many series. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is, it is still. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard though when you're young, and if your mates aren't in it, and they're all kind of off out enjoying themselves, and you're working, it's difficult. It is difficult to, to kind of uh, go. You know what? Could, should I do that, or should I go and work at a supermarket nine to five? And mm. but you still know, be able to you, you know, out? you know what's the relentless part about this whole conversation is that we know the, the general public know there's a staffing shortage in hospitality, mm. and how much do they care? Nada. Mm. They're in there busting your chops. Where's our food? Where's our drink? Mm. Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! There's no, there's no give. You know what I mean? There's no. Okay, we understand you guys are under pressure. Mm. There's none of that. You've still got to hustle. I mean, what are you doing to actively recruit though? I mean, I see James did a really fantastic thing by posting a picture of a, a small boy dressed as a chimney sweep from the 1880s. That was him as a kid. As his recruit. Oh, mm. was him as a kid. <laughs> as a kid in Scotland. I mean, that was that, that was me. that was James's attempt to change the image of recruitment <laughs> for the pub industry. You're, and posting I, I a picture have, of exploitation of children. And I, and I should have phrased, "Your life could be worse. It could be <laughs> this guy." <laughs> Instead, you're going to come and work in a pub. I, mean, I was making the point. What I was doing was playing the heartstrings really? of the no, bear with me, <laughs> of the parents, which what you know that sit there and watch their lazy teenagers on Xbox and nicking out for yeah. They, but hold on, but they they created that. Well, I'm just saying they, that, that's what they. But they'll be frustrated what they created. I'd feel yeah. that with my daughter, um, and she's only eight, <laughs> and. Um, and then it also plays in the heartstrings and maybe getting some of these guys that are 18 plus to get off their backsides and find something meaningful to do and we'll show them a great uh, opportunity in hospitality. They don't want to I do mean, it. That's the shittest justification okay. for a really I, bad I had a couple picture. of glasses of wine I thought it was a really good idea. Right, they don't want to do it. Like. <laughs> it's been great. Ah, but you say that, but the response, we've had absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, We've seen the, uh, I don't know if you've read about this and seen this today, the government advice uh, for those hotspots of, uh, of the Indian uh, variant that they've basically said no indoor gatherings, which kind of puts a, well, they haven't said 
no, the, the advice is. Stay up Didn't they sneak it out in the press on yeah, Friday yeah, night yeah, quietly? Yeah. I think the Manchester Evening News picked it up. It's 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 last night. But, but think, wasn't wasn't it? It? It's, it's not going to work. No, it was Friday it went live, but, and they only found oh, it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But tell me this: like, how are you supposed to give guidance if no one's reading it or knows mm. about it? It's ridiculous. This government's a fucking mm. joke. No, I think it's a guy at the Manchester Evening News stumbled across it. Oh really? So yeah. it's literally just. I mean, they didn't even so, announce it. So this is something yeah. they want people to react to and you know listen Follow. to. Yet they've not told anyone. Three days later, but, somebody uh, but, sees it on the website. But my theory is that um, it's ass covering time now because there is going to be. They're going to look back and they're going to look at timelines. They're going to look at communication, and they'll say, "Yeah, we put it on that Friday." Regardless, they put no, you know, volume around it. But we're now in ass covering territory, and we're now looking at getting stuff out to show timelines. So that's what I think it was. Right, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But I mean, actually, if you're, you're a pub in sort of uh, Bolton or one of these places, you know, mm. what, again, it's a bit like sort of that false week in March, wasn't it, when we got told not mm. to go to the pub? You're right there, Heath, you're yeah, choking no, on, your, uh, on your Guinness. Sir. Can you taste that beer? What is it? What do you mean? Oh, come on, I, 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 I'm just going to smell that beer. I've got a tickle on the back of my throat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Um, well, my yeah, story earlier today. If, if you're a pub in Bolton, though, <laughs> let's refocus on the, the task. Yep, if you're sorry. a pub in Bolton, who's Bolton? And you're uh, it's somewhere up north. Yeah, okay. it's, it's in England. England I'll, uh, I'll draw you a map later. Yeah. Um, what do you do? Do you start turning customers away? Do you shut up shop? I well, mean, if you're actually the, the pub, joke, you have no means of communication. Wait, this, this, carry this, on. This, but this isn't guidance, is it? This is sorry. This it's is advice. This is advice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, hold on. I didn't know about it. You, what, you guys published it when? Did you announce it? No, I don't oh, read well. the Manchester Evening Yeah, exactly. But if you've got a table, slightly aside, but if you've got a table here, a table of four, like high top table, and you've got people standing or sitting, as long as it's the four, it doesn't really make any difference. Their faces are no nearer or further away. Mm. So you talk about not standing in a pub, no vertical drinking, but it's the same thing. So I think people are just turning off now to that. Mm. Um, as, as he says, advice, they need to be really, again, it's, they're setting themselves out that they can toss a coin shout heads or tails and they win both so it, what's the point I mean I get it and we think that outbreaks will be regionalised rather than going national which makes sense but I was, I was reading I was reading about the vaccine with the plans going past June 21st today and if you're in contact with someone who's got COVID-19 you still need to self-isolate even if yeah, you've had both vaccine, doses yeah. of the vaccine fuck like <laughs> What's the point? It's, I mean, the restrictions What's the point aren't, of it all? aren't going to end on June 21st. I mean, I mean, they've talked about um, the uh, scrapping the table service requirements, and that's. But you kind of go, but that's what you were going to do on June anyway, because that was truly restrictions end means table service, social distancing. Mm. That comes to an end. So what they're doing now is sort of floating that idea that they're keen for it, which mm. means suggests to me that lots of other restrictions are going to stay, but they might relax it a little bit around being able to walk mm. in the bar. It's ridiculous. But mm. it feels like we're the only one with restrictions. You tell me. Mm. Well, you it are. feels like we are. You're yeah. the only industry with it. Yeah, mm. pretty much. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Yeah, no one with systems in Waitrose and supermarkets and all that stuff. Yeah. You I mean, you've never before. mentioned Waitrose. Yeah. No. What well, about the trolleys? Uh, so. Just keep it quiet, James. You might need a job there later. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. And the other thing um, we, we picked up was a fit, out of those um, mass event tests that they did, um, mm. predominantly up in Liverpool, just to try and kill off Liverpool, I think. Um, only 15 COVID positives. Mm. So that worked out, I think it was 0.03% of people attending. It's, it's quite, tested it's quite a lot, though, isn't it? We'll have to shut it all down again. Mm. I think, well, based on the rules in which they shut down the, our entire industry, then, yeah, I think yeah, we're, yeah, we're but, royally but, fucked, aren't we? But, 
so if that's the case, open up now. That's the question, isn't it? Why wait to the 21st? If it's that, if if it's proven to be okay, then crack on. They're not opening us on the 21st. Oh, I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll bit your money. Go on, then. How much? Are you saying no restrictions 21st of June? No. So what, you know, what are you saying? No, you go on, then. Okay. Just for fun. I'll bottle of wine. Bottle of wine. I choose the wine that you're going to buy me. Yeah, hold on. But I need a limit on that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what bottle of wine are we going for? I bet. Oh. A, a bottle of um, Quintarelli Amarone 04. I have no idea it's what about said, but it sounds expensive. Nah, it's about, about 350 plus tags. You can do it. You can afford it. <laughs> I, 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 Go on then. Oh, I'll right. have that. Well, Why yeah, not? I'll be drinking that. <coughs> All right. I'll have that. Well, you heard it here. Oh, thanks, Sam. Let's, uh, we'll see what happens on June the 21st. One of them might be very happy. I will be in a 15% Amarone going into my blood. <laughs> <laughs> we care about restrictions. <laughs> what restrictions? And on that note, let's leave that there. You're listening to the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. So in this episode, we're focusing on events and occasions, so let's have a general chat about that. We've got Father's Day coming up. Um, is that something that you two particularly sort of look to uh, to tap into, Father's Day? I'm only asking, because right. I'm looking right. where to book that. So. Oh, no, we like, yeah, I, I, think it's, um, I think it's better than Mother's Day. Father's is Day, it? yeah. Money, true-wise? Yeah, because Dad's want to get out they, smash they it. want to smash it. Mums turn up and they go, oh, I have one glass of Prosecco. Oh, no, no. And they play the victim. Like, it's our fault. It's Mother's Day. Like, and, and they, they have to be the martyr. And like, oh, no, I'm not going to have a good time because it's all about me today. You should give me flowers and stuff. Nah. So Father's Day, they come in, bolo banello, bang, couple of beers, big steak, roast dinner, probably, on Father's Day Sunday. Um, get absolutely lathered and then go home and fall asleep on the sofa and there's not much the kids or the wife can say about it because it's Father's Day. Nice. I mean, that's, that's his, it's my story his own experience there, I think, from Father's no, Day. No, 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 no. He gets nothing on Father's Day. I get right? nothing. Not even, their best, not even their best wishes. And then gets sent downstairs to earn a crust. That's yeah, how I that's see it. And then gets home and says, oh, just sit down, have dinner. And, and Sophia just looks and goes, I haven't made anything. Yeah, no, that's quite common. He, he welcomes that normally, doesn't he? Or she'll say, I'll get home and I'll just set my shoes off. And she goes, oh, you got time to walk the dogs? <laughs> and when you come back, take the kids. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, no, Father's Day is a good day, for, like money-wise. I think I think if you can get stuck into that now, try and get as many bookings. But you don't promote it. I mean, you don't. I did. I've been promoting it out the front by the schools. I mean, but it's not something we go big campaigns. Oh, I'm just... going big campaign this year. James. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going hard. I, I think maybe far, you could dress as a dad. Why, why not? <laughs> <laughs> like you, you can approach some of your clothes. It'd be too tight on you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, why, why not promote it? Well, no, I, mean, I just mean that we'll be full anyway. Right. Yeah, you're going to be busy. Mm. You know, your regulars just default to you on the special occasions. Mother's Day full, you know, Father's Day full. Yeah, be fine. So, I mean, so is, that, is that a general thing that you don't need to particularly sort of push those days? A, a little bit. Yeah. Without being arrogant, a little bit. Well, a little bit yeah, arrogant. It, well, we've fully, yeah. we've fully, booked, arrogant. fully booked at the rain already. Yeah, because it's Father's Day, yeah. just because of the situation. And it's the last right? day that we've taken bookings up to. Okay. Um, at the pubs, we're only booking up to the 20th of June. We haven't opened up past the 20th of June. So we've advertised that and we said, yeah, and the last day is Father's Day you can book up to. So, yeah. Okay. And, I mean, are there any other particular sort of days that stand out in the year that, uh, that you guys really make something of? 
Christmas Easter. Christmas Easter. I don't know, Ed, like, what, you want to go through the calendar? Yeah, why not? <laughs> like, well, yeah, Easter. Let's start in January. No, my birthday. I mean, it, it, well, what about? Let's look at maybe less, um, less significant kind of events and things. I mean, there's the obvious ones: Christmas, Easter. I, I did Chinese. Day. I did Chinese New Year this year. Yeah. Take away. Okay, well, there we go. Massively successful. So it wasn't a stupid question. No, and then, like, then, like, then I got trolled by some good uh, girl. Oh yeah, but yeah, some lady uh, who had the handle "Angry Asian Girl" <laughs> and started ranting about like, culturally appropriating Chinese food. She not seen you? But I don't, like, no one's had a go at Jamie Oliver for opening Jamie's Italian. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, it's just like, where do we, where do we draw the line? What I can't do Chinese food because I'm not Chinese. No, just don't open Twitter. Yeah. So, um, no, we did that. It was really successful. So next. So, what, talk, talk me through what you did then. What did oh, you we do? did take, we did a full Chinese menu takeaway, but we use, we did everything. I hate to say properly, but we, you know, I mean, we're using the best ingredients we could get. We, we did dishes that I like, like char siu pork and stuff, and did that. And it, it really, it was really, really successful. Um, so. This the next next Chinese year, next year, we've already thought we're going to do a sit-in banquet. You know what mm, I mean, and mm. have actual customers in. Because I sort of tend to stay away from that sort of stuff. But during COVID, I was just trying to make as much money as I possibly could, as quick as I can. Um, and the Chinese New Year really worked out. Mm. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, any other events you think that that you could tap into that you maybe haven't really made much of? I never like chasing down days, though. You know what I mean, like. I've just been contacted by my mate. He's like, "Can you get involved in World Gin Day? We we need to use your pub for three days." I was like, "How do we end up with World Gin Day that's three days?" Um, mm. But he wants to put a van out the front. It's a bit of a blur. And I just feel like you know, like all these events all the time. It just feels like you're, you're just trying to do something to say mm. something. Where you know, my, my, I think our focus all the time is just doing really good food and drink and atmosphere. Mm. But I just feel like if you're just constantly promoting it, like you know, how many? I always wondered if World Gin Day accidentally falls on the same day as Alcoholics Anonymous Day, and the two of them have a fight somewhere in a board meeting. You know what I mean? About like you can't do this. This is our day. This is our day. So it just feels like every day there's a new day. Like I don't know. It's just a bit much. Mm. I mean, so what you're saying is that you shouldn't necessarily market, or if you're, I think, I think if you're going to do, if you're going to market something, do it properly. Mm. Don't mm. just do it because it's World Gin Day, and then put a shit gin list together and go, hey, we've done some gins. Mm. You know, it's like, what the multiples would do, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, I guess I think if you're World Beer Day, if you're if you're busy anyway on these things, so what have we learned from the pandemic then? So you're you're, well, you're fully booked mm. for for Father's Day, but you've now got the ability to do takeaway stuff, so you can sell yeah. it. So your Chinese thing, you know, you can do it on incremental on top of. Uh, yeah, we think Father's Day. I think we'll actually pick up. It depends on the mm. weather. Like it's going to be June twentieth. Mm. Hopefully, it's hot. You know, maybe it'll be takeaways to the park. Maybe I don't know. I think yeah. what we've learned though, and if you wind the clock eighteen months ago. Is that you? I mean, we you would argue the Lockhart here and the the Red R pub, stroke restaurant, stroke gastro pub stuff. So you do get a certain amount of bookings. But what the lockdown has taught us, or consumer behaviour has changed, is they're booking their slots now. They're booking early. They're getting what they want. They're multiple bookings, so they want that certainty. So in terms of a loading, I think you're finding that your days are loading much earlier, so you can prepare what you need. Do you think, Heath? Yeah, that's a, so it's much more manageable, right. even though you are full. Um, you, you can slot people in and actually they're accepting of it now you know we're seating people at 9 o'clock whereas before you wouldn't your last service for us anyway certainly here would be sort of 7.30, 8 o'clock 8.30 maybe but people are getting what they can right, and even yeah. coming out early because they're on furlough so they can but, have but dinner it's, at it's, 6 it's better for your kitchen it's better for your team because you know what, mm. you're, you know what you're, you're staffing to you know what you're ordering because mm. you know mm. every day you know you can see what you're, you're not before it used to be like surprise okay we're busy yes. where's this yeah. come from now yeah. it's like okay you know that 2 o'clock you've got this many covers you know, we yeah. do that the more you know you're having conversations with the kitchen at first thing in the morning say so you've got 150 covers in but we've got 
potential for another 80 and everyone gets it and it does work I think it yeah yeah, yeah rather than ta-da it but it's got, a bit, it's got a bit shit hasn't it because like, you just can't go to the pub and yeah, for a drink yeah, yeah it's yeah. just a bit stressful which I sort of get it's stressful man I went mm. the other night I went down to the local one of the local pubs in Highgate and I wrote for them it was good it was good but it was still stressful mm. you got to check in you got to so you're seeing it from the other side. You've got a bit more sympathy for your customers now, have you? Nah. <laughs> and I'd rather go to a pub. Ah, oh, this sounds odd, but I'd rather go to a pub that didn't do all that stuff. You could just go and have a pint. Yeah. You know, know. the good operators make you jump through hoops. I had a, I had a, I had a, uh, a chat with the, the manager of the uh, stand-up the other day, mm. and she was like, no, we're not booking. We're just walking only. That's mm. what we're going to do. And I was saying, you know, how do you turn your attention up? We're not, you know, just as is, see what happens. You know, somebody's going to sit at that table and... Well, I said, what if they're just nursing a half? She said, but we'll just glare at them a lot until they leave, which is what they normally do. So. <laughs> That's quite, you know, I mean, it's a nice thing. To, like, if you can afford it financially in the last year, it hasn't really affected you that Sounds much. like a hobby. Yeah, like, oh, well. Oh, look, John's here. He's drunk 1.9 hours. At least he's happy. So nice to have No, I think they're planning on just giving them evil stares until they leave. They do that. So oh, these sort of people don't respond to them, yeah. sure. Try throwing things at them. That's what he does, right? Nah. Um, so I mean, he you you do Ponzi events. <laughs> Don't do Ponzi events. Ponzi events like wine dinners and and shit like that. Yeah. So so talk us through what one, one of those kind of things. What do you do? Well, um, usually when there's a winemaker in town, um, I get get them to come and host an evening. So we will do a menu, pair of menu off with them, their wines, and really really cash, like you know, no boring speeches and stuff. And they just wander from table to table talking about wine, and we just give them loads of wine and just make it really fun. Did you just use the word cash? What? Did you just use casual? The word cash? Casual? Okay. Cash? Yeah, but no, just try and make it. I think the problem with wine is, as you love saying, it's Ponzi, and we try and really just. No, 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 I said you're Ponzi. Oh, I'm not Ponzi, I'm from New Zealand. True. But we try and make it really accessible so no one feels stupid. Do you know what I mean? A bit homophobic, just guys. Just want to say that just to uh, make sure that we're not being that. We just mean a bit sort of uptight, maybe, rather than. Ponzi. I wasn't using it. I just wanted to say that's all. It's easy to be misconstrued oh, these days. Yes. I'll have you both thrown off this podcast. Cancelled. You're so woke. Cancelled. I know. Um, but yeah, we do. They work really well. Those sort of evenings work really well. If they work, works, they're relaxed. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. If you got there and like, you know, you're chinking glasses, and the guy gets up and talks about his wine and terroir for nine hours, you're going to be bored shitless. So it gets pretty loose. So you can do that. I mean, you could do that around any product, really, couldn't yeah. you? You get a brewer in yeah. to talk about their beers, and it's it's not around date. Uh, it's not date specific. You can do that at any time. Yeah. So a quiet Tuesday. Yeah. In January. Yeah, but this, the problem is, is the, I think what we're we're trying to say, Jay, we're not that quiet. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're always busy. So these events, you want them to add. Yeah, not kill the room. Yeah, you want them to be, you know, like, really, oh, my God, what's going on over there? But when we do wine dinners, it started off, we'd go, okay, we'll only book half the pub at the red. Mm. And then it got to the point that now we know we're doing a wine dinner, we booked the whole pub. Yeah, it's not having a quiz night on the other side of the bar, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. To have the right atmosphere and the Mm. right mood, everybody needs to be involved in it. So I remember tuning up to the Harwood Arms to have dinner. First time I went there for dinner. And sat down and they went, all right, you're here for the quiz night. And I'm like, no, mm. <laughs> fucking come eat dinner. Mm. We're doing a quiz, didn't they tell you? No one told me. So I had to have dinner while doing the quiz. And like, did, you, did you win? No, because I wasn't interested in the quiz. I want to eat my dinner. <laughs> I don't want to go there and talk about 15th century French philosophy. But the... It's in a, it's Very but, uh, but the rabbit, quiz. But what does everyone sit down and do when they get a pub? And they go, well, quiet days are, you know, Sundays and Mondays. So let's do a quiz night and we'll do, jazz, you know, Jazz, yeah, jazz, jazz needs to be banned but, from the planet. The, the, but the problem is, if you put an event on at 7.30, let's just say, 
then you've got to have had your guys out before. So they're going to come out at 5.30? Not really. And you have to set your tables up. And that's you done for the night. So rather than having the potential of turning a table three times, you put one in. Doesn't really work, does it? If you're busy. That's what you do on the quiet nights. So. Yeah, but you're busy. Everyone's busy at the moment. So I'm not True. saying events yeah, are a bad so, idea, so but I'm saying you'd also think about... At the moment, think yeah. about whether you... I mean, yeah, well, that's the question. Do we need to be doing it? I, I like you've got Euros coming up, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Um, I, man, I don't think you need to, unless, unless I know everyone's saying they're quiet. I see that bit of the press you guys put out, people are saying they're quiet. Some people aren't reporting that, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tailed off, but um, but is it tailed off because they opened outside and then they've gone inside, or are these mm. people have just opened? It, it could be either, really, couldn't they? And I think there's an element of, um, you know, people are sort of, uh, as you said, they're maybe waiting for the restrictions to end that they've been to these places, yeah. you know, they're not keen on the restrictions and they're going let's just wait till things I'm not going to look people they're just like it's just you know you talk about oh, going, it's just an effort isn't it you go to the pub now it's no it's just so much stuff you've got to do you need to check in you need to have the app you need to I think people are just a bit pissed off a little bit government must be loving it so basically we've just ruled that events are a complete waste of time then, not so. no I think that you've got some big events coming up but I just think like I think right now you just got to be focusing on your, your A game every day and not trying to Get distracted. We'll talk to other operators later that you yeah, know, probably yeah, a bit more looking at that. Probably a bit more passionate and interested <laughs> than us. <laughs> as Ed said, experts to follow. Yeah, experts yeah. as opposed to you two idiots. But, yeah. uh, well, in that case, then let's pause that there and we'll pick up with one of those experts Fantastic. shortly. Fantastic. Cheers. This is the Lock In Podcast, and we're now talking about live music, and we've got a great operator with us now, Charlie South from the Brickmakers Arms in Norwich, a leading live music venue in the area. So welcome, Charlie. Thank you very much. I'm so pleased to be here in your pub. Great to have you. <laughs> yeah, great to have you. So, I mean, let's start. Just tell us a little bit about your, your business, your operation. What do you, what do, you do? Okay, so um, the Brickmakers um, was always a music pub, so to speak. When I moved in here in 2003, it had music on on a Friday and Saturday. You would have um, one band play a night. Uh, So it was kind of a pub that put music on at the weekends. And I I did my very first gig here myself when I was 14 years old on this very stage. So uh, it always held a bit of uh, a special place in my heart. And the lease came up for sale, and we knew at the time where the spoons were looking to buy it, and it was like absolutely not having that. Uh, so, Mum and I put the house up for a remortgage, and we, we bit the bullet and, and took the plunge. We'd never even pulled a pint before we even moved in here. Okay. Literally, put our first point on the first day that we moved in, and I had no idea what I was doing. How was and that first point? Um, yeah, it was a bit frothy. <laughs> 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 I'd like to say I've got a little bit better over the years, uh, but you know that's the best way to learn, isn't it? Jump yeah, in with both feet and, and see what happens. But uh, that was 18 years ago, so uh, it must be doing something right. Um, but because uh, we're all musicians that run this place, okay. um, three of us. So, and I've been in a band since I was about 12, and like I say, my first gig was on this stage. So it's, it's quite important to us and. We slowly changed the music offering to from two nights a week. We now have seven nights a week. Okay. Uh, and we have over 100 um, events a month on our stage. Jesus. And over 1,000 bands every year come and play on our two stages. We built another room with another stage so we can host two events per night. 
at the same time. That's amazing. I mean, I, I struggle to find guests for the podcast, booking people in for that. So, I mean, doing yeah, the place is that, really nice. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, no one likes you. In. No one likes. It's, I think it's you two. I mean, you just put them off. I say, do you want to join me, James Neath? And they're fine up to the me bit, and then I get to the James Neath bit, and they go very cold. Uh, but, um, I mean, that, that, that is amazing. I mean, how how do you go about it then? I mean, the, the logistics of, of of putting on that amount of music to me sounds a bit a bit mind boggling, really. It is. It's, it's a difficult thing, and finding the contacts is, is hard as well. I mean, we're really lucky in Norwich because we've got a very vibrant music scene. There are loads of bands here, mm. and they're all desperate to play. Uh, so we're very lucky. And to be honest, I couldn't do it on my own. Um, we have There's three of us that run this place, and we do very separate jobs. Um, I run it with my mum and my best friend, Emma. Um, my mum takes care of the bar side of things, so she does all, all the sort of like the actual front of house hospitality stuff. Right. Emma does all the bookings. Um, she's the one that, that does all the bookings for both the Brickmakers stage and the B2 stage. And I literally do the front of house stuff with the music. I, I'm a sound engineer, I do the sound, bring out for the band. Right. And I deal with all the equipment and all the technical stuff. Uh, so between us three, we make it work. Um, for one person to do all of that for seven nights a week, I don't think would be logistically possible. No, no. But if you're going to put on music one or two nights a week, then it's definitely something that you can do as a single person. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, so I mean, uh, in terms of sort of the, the economics of that, I mean, how do you fund, um, I mean, how, how does that work? Do you, do you pay the bands? Do you not pay the bands? I mean, we'll talk us through that. Yeah. So um, when we first started and only had bands on maybe Friday, Saturday and a Sunday lunchtime, you would pay the bands a flat fee. Um, and to be fair, bands these days can go any, go out anywhere up to, I guess, around four or five hundred pounds um, for a gig which is quite average um, and when I used to play here back in sort of like the early 90s um, you would be getting 200 quid for a gig and there are bands now that will play in pubs still for 200 pounds yeah that has really gone up with inflation because you bring you bring a hundred people into the pub to watch a band um, and your capacity is a hundred you can only ever get a hundred people in so, if, do you know what I mean? If they're yeah. not spending more over your bar, then you can't give them more. Yes. Um, so, generally, what we do is we'll give them a guarantee. So, like, for example, you'll get a Friday night band, a Saturday night band, we'll charge you a guarantee of 200 Then, if you take more than, say, £2,000 on your bar, you can then give them 10% of whatever you take more than that 200 mm. if you know what I mean. So. Yeah. You, you, you run on a 10% basis because you have to count for your costs and stuff as well and we we make it a little bit more special for bands to play on our stages because I know what bands want I play in a band, I know what I want from a venue when I go and play and the main thing I want not to be having to lift loads of gear in not to be having to set up a PA system not to be worried about my sound when I'm playing so we provide a, a, a house PA system we've got a really good PA system installed. We give them a sound engineer free when they come okay. and play. So literally, all they have to do is turn up, plug and plug play. in their and, and they, off they go. They yeah. don't have to worry about anything. And that in itself would cost a band about 150 pounds on top 
of their gig right. to hire the sound guy to come and do the sound and all that. So even though we can't necessarily afford to pay a band 500 quid for a gig, if you add on the top of that that we give them a sound engineer free mm. and we also... Um, Obviously, we've got PRS and all that stuff as well yeah. to take into account. And uh, they don't have to lift all that equipment in. So realistically, you could then pay a band 300, 350 quid and say, well, look, you haven't got to lift any gear in and we're giving you a sound guide to do your sound. It's a nice, easy gig. They call them white collar gigs. Right, OK. Because so you just walk in and play and then go home. And, and that's working. You're getting good traction with that. Yeah, it's so much work for us and bands love it because it makes them feel a little bit more special and more valued and I think that's important. So often bands will go in and play in pubs and they're treated like dirt, you know, and it's, it's not fair. At the end of the day, they're there to make you money and, and they need to be treated with a bit more respect because, you know, a band we have here, like the Floating Greyhounds, are one of the busiest bands that we will have. They're a local band. They just play covers, but they have a massive following. Right. They'll pack it out every time. And, you know, without that, we won't have people in. Now, you know, we tried during lockdown, we tried to open as a pub just for a few regulars. But when, when you're looking at rent as £4,800 a month, we were taking maybe 50 quid a day. Right. And it just is no good for us. We are a pub yes but we really are a music venue because mm. without the music we don't get anyone no one comes in i mean you you very much is that because of the way you've built the business do you think or these are the the, the legacy of the pub i think it's a little bit of both um the legacy of the pub itself um because it was always gearing towards music obviously we built that up into something bigger and better over the years and the trade you know, there's a lot of pubs around us, local pubs, where, like, people will just go to drinks. There's a lot of choice. And I, I think we find our niche in the market where we belong, and, and it works for us, mm. however it bit us on the arse during COVID, uh, because we don't have any regular trade. Yeah. Um, but you've, you've got to find what you're good at and, and build on it, and that's mm. kind of what we did for Brickmakers. And yeah. uh, it worked for us. And, and you're quite a, it is quite a competitive market, isn't it? Norwich does famously have quite a lot of pubs per uh, in, in the city centre generally, doesn't it? I can't remember the numbers. but uh, It certainly does. It used to have one for every day of the year, but it's, I think there's about 100 and, 180-odd something now right. just within the city walls. So it's still quite a lot. That doesn't it's mean seven, Ed. No, no, I know that doesn't mean seven games. Uh, my maths is not that bad. Well, it is actually that bad. But, uh, uh, so. um, I mean, the, the, the other thing, I suppose, in terms of... Um, I mean, you're, the bands you're booking, the bands you're getting, are, are they all local or are you getting people coming to you from further afield? How, how is that working? We have a lot of touring bands as well. Because we've got two venues, uh, essentially, on the same premises, it, it opened up a lot more doors for us. Mm. Um, the problem we were having is our trade was initially built on covers bands because people like to be able to stand have a pint sing along to a song that they know even if it's played badly they don't care they know the words they can sing along i've seen Heath so, do it <laughs> exactly so <laughs> it's um a lot of the trade that we had was built upon the cover band market um, we had a lot of young bands um original bands writing their own stuff and you know they might only get 10 15 people come to a gig and mm. it was like you can't afford to put those acts on because they don't bring enough money to make it pay. Right. But, but at the same time, you feel like you're kind of doing them a disservice by not giving them a gig. Mm. So we um, 
basically went to um, our pub code that was EI at the time mm. and uh, said you know this is what we want to do and they funded the work and then obviously upped our rent to make it <laughs> for them Good you on know <laughs> as they do yep uh, that was uh, 12 years ago now. I think we paid right. for it in the first five years and we're, we're still bloody paying for it, but it's the way it goes, isn't it? <laughs> so we built a second venue. It was uh, purpose-built. It's all soundproof, so it means you can have, you know, a metal band in one room and an acoustic act in the other and neither right. of them get involved with each other. They're totally separate. But mm. in the B2 room, which is the new room, we put all original acts on, so no covers in there whatsoever. And bands can come and run their own nights, put a charge on the door, and take all the money. Fantastic. And, you know, that's how young bands work. And uh, that's where Ed Sheeran come and played. Uh, we had okay. him in there before he was uh, big, rich, and famous. And then we had Yumi at six in there as well. And I'm going to pretend on. I know who that is. But, uh... Yeah, but they're, they're a big band now. They, <laughs> they supported 30 Seconds to Mars at Wembley Arena a couple right. of years ago. So, wow. you know, a lot of young bands cut their teeth on mm. that stage. Um, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to do that on the main stage in the Brickmaking. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, the both yeah. works really well together. So that, I was going to say who's the biggest sort of thing, but you've had Ed Sheeran, so I guess yeah. that's probably the biggest. Uh, can't really uh, go much bigger than that, can you? Yeah, we've had some really good acts. So in the front, too, we've had the Animals, Saxton, uh, loads of different people. We've got Hawkwind there this year, and um, we've got uh, Spike from the Choir Boys is playing there next next week or the week after so yeah quite a few Fantastic. a few biggies Fantastic. and a few has-beens as well which has been hilarious <laughs> I didn't know Heath was in the area <laughs> that was going to be the name of a podcast <laughs> <laughs> I go in there first I knew that joke yeah. was coming at me so I'm not getting that first I mean what, what would you say I mean have you had any sort of real disasters What's what, what are the pitfalls that uh... oh yeah <laughs> yeah we, we've had disasters but that's how you learn isn't it you know, we've booked acts that haven't gone on to sell a single ticket and then pulled the shoes. And it's, it is a learning curve and you never stop learning. You know, you are always taking a risk. If, if you're booking bigger acts, you're always taking a risk. Mm. And we, we've, we've booked a couple of bigger acts, um, especially at the moment. Um, we've got in with a new promoter and fortunately it looks like it's going to work for us but it was a big risk especially with covid because mm. you know the, for the first three weeks of us opening they're only socially distanced shows i can only get 52 people in a 500 capacity venue uh, so that's quite difficult quite yeah quiet. yeah so uh, making it work i mean are you th- yeah. those restrict are you i mean how how are you coping with that now and how do you see that moving forward at the moment, we have resigned ourselves to the fact that we're not going to make a lot of money. Um, right. These three weeks, you know, it was a really difficult decision whether to even bother opening, to be honest. Um, but we need to get back into the swing of things. And I think it would be more disastrous for the business not to open, um, even if we're, you know, running at no profit whatsoever. We just need to not run at a loss. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we just thought, oh, hell, we'll give it a go and see what happens. We've been quite lucky. The events we've booked on have all um, sold out. They say sold out. That's 50 seats. Yeah. <laughs> but, but easier to sell out then, isn't it? 52 people. It has, yeah. We've been really lucky, though. We've, we've got some uh, funding from the Arts Council to build a stage in the garden, so we've got some outside events booked for the next okay, three weeks. Um, 
yeah, looking forward to that. And we've got 150 seats out there, so we've, we've booked um, every Sunday out for that outside. So, right. uh, you know, that hopefully the success of the outside area will fund any loss that we make yeah. inside for the first three weeks. Fantastic. Definitely. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of the time, and uh, this is a subject we probably could really dig into the nuts and bolts of it a bit more. But um, I mean, just on quite simply, what advice would you offer to other operators that are looking to come into uh, this live music space and do a bit more live music events? Mainly, make sure you know cover your butt. Basically, make sure you've got your PRS in place. That's, that's the big one, right? Um, <laughs> because they come after you. <laughs> um, if you're putting on big acts, um, you know, well, and even the local band, karaoke costs you like 17 quid to put on right. with the BRS on its own. So you need to make sure that you're covered and nobody's going to come after you. Uh, that's the first thing. And then go and speak to people. Go and speak to bands. Don't just ring them up. They love to chat. And they love to chat about the sales bands do. And the better you can make an experience for the band, the more that they'll want to make a gig good for you. And the big problem that I have with bands is that they don't promote themselves very well. They expect you to do it for them. Right. So, yeah, the amount of bands that contact me want a gig and they haven't even got a website or a photo, uh, you know, so you kind of have to spoon feed them. Uh, but, you know, my advice to anyone would give it a go. People love live music and it's worth doing Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, Charlie. Well, thank you very much for that. That's been fantastic. No worries. It's lovely to see you all, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Welcome back to the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball and James Cusperson. So we're talking events and we're looking a little off-piece now as so we're going to look at hosting theatre events in pubs. Now, to be fair, when it comes to Heath's pubs, there's always some drama. But we're actually talking about stages and actors and not just your famous customers, Heath. <laughs> so when Shakespeare wrote All the World's a Stage, he probably wasn't thinking about the dog and duck in Dagenham. However, Fullers have done exactly that, and we've got Jane Jones now, the company's marketing director, joining us to chat about the series of Shakespeare plays our company has regularly staged in pub gardens across the Fullers estate. So welcome, Jane. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks for joining us. So, I mean, talk us through what, what, what you've been doing. What did you do and why did you do it? So we've been doing Shakespeare for over 10 years now, Shakespeare in the Garden, and this is the way for um, to get our locals um, into the pubs and watching something a little bit fun and irreverent. Um, we work with a company called Open Bar, and it's exactly what they do. They do fun and irreverent versions of Shakespeare in our gardens. So we started off, um, we started off small, and it's just grown and grown and grown over those past ten years. It's brilliant. So this isn't classic Shakespeare. This is this is a bit of a twist on on, on traditional Shakespeare, then. Exactly that. It's um, so we have two shows. We have the compact show and the main show. Um, so in the compact show, four actors um, take on all of the various parts, and they put a fun twist. Um, across it, you know, some classic Shakespeare shows. So um, this year we're doing Love's, Love's Labour's Lost and okay. As You Like It. We, we thought we'd do Summer of Love because it feels like everybody needs a big cuddly hug this year after what everybody's been through in the last year. This is true, although isn't Love Labour's Lost a tragedy? <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Didn't they all die in the end? <laughs> Don't spoil it, Heath. No spoilers. Come on. I was just more shocked that Ed knew. 
listen, I, I have hidden decks. Mm. I'm a classically no, still I'm waters not, I'm run say it's, uh, Yeah, I think I might have done that one at GCSE. That's, uh, that's probably all I can uh, I can admit to on that. I so you went to school with them, didn't you? Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary, it was just a tough paper round, Heath. I'm not that old. Okay. I'm not that old. He's James, I'm Heath. Uh, good point. It's hard to tell the part sometimes. So, I mean, how how did this come about? When? Why did you come up with it? What was the? Uh, did they come to you? Did you go to them? Do you know what? I don't actually know how this started because it was before my time. It's before I even joined Fuller's. Um, but what I do know is it's really, really successful in our local community. So it's about you know it, it's about pubs taking over or Shakespearean um, theatre companies and, and we're currently working with Open Bar um, coming in and doing a fun twist on, on a classic and it just gets the local community involved with the pub and it's just something really fun and a little bit different and you know over the years we've had some we've had some brilliant examples where it's completely tipped it down with rain and it hasn't put anybody off Equally, we've had you know peeling sun, sunshine in the middle of September, and and people have people have piled in. So it's just a really good way to get get the pub and the communities together over something that's kind of fun and irreverent, but also it makes it really really accessible. I mean, how do you uh, how many pubs do it? I mean, is it just one pub at a time, or what what are the logistics of it? So we have sixty four shows. Um, over starting kind of mid-July they run until mid-September and there's 39 pubs I'm just checking my facts there's 39 pubs over um, over those kind of two-month period um, but it's grown and grown and grown and this is so this is our biggest year ever and what's really nice about it is we we try new pubs every year and those pubs that try it often come back um, and put on more than one show the following year. So, you know, we, we, we try and make it work one year, and, and if it works, we, we then try and expand it. And we've got some pubs that will do both compact and the big show. Um, so you get the opportunity to see um, see a different performance twice over the season, which is just brilliant. And in terms of sort of response, um, I mean, are you... Uh, well, actually, think about it, on the logistics side, are they, do they bring all the stuff themselves, yeah. or do you have it set yeah. up? So you literally, it's so a sort of plug-and-play. You, you get the company in, they turn up, they set it up, and they do it. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it, we have somebody internal, Mike, who works with, work with, works with me. He works with all of the ops managers and the pubs and the teams and... Whilst I say it's plug and play, there's an awful lot of logistics. I think they bring with them a couple of bands. They bring a full audio. They bring staging with them. Um, you know, it's it's quite professional, um, professional operation, um, but delivered in as say a, a fun and irreverent way. It's, it, you've got to go along and see and experience it because once you've been, you've really, you really you you want to go again and again and again. And how many um, in terms of sort of the response? You're doing it this year, um, despite all the challenges that, um, that that we're facing. I mean, how how's that? What what impact does that have with the restrictions and uh, things? Or are you just hoping that restrictions have gone and you're going ahead? Well, last year we ran it, and we ran it with restrictions in place. We just limited. We did, we made it really COVID safe. We sold it table by table, so you could book in either twos, fours, or sixes. So we managed to pull it off last year. Obviously, a much smaller 
you know not as many pubs and not as many shows um, so I'm really confident that obviously we've based it on the fact that all the restrictions should have fallen away by then mm. but if they've not we'll be able to adapt it and make it work just as we did last year mm. um, but yeah it's it's um, we've based it on the fact that July the 21st they all go away these restrictions don't they so I thought it, it was June 21st it's June 21st sorry June yeah, the 21st yeah, yeah. yeah. So in terms of, um, is it just Shakespeare that you do, or have you looked to do this on, on in other things as well, so how the other sort of theatre companies come round, or is it just this? No, so we're, we're trialling opera in the garden this year. So okay. we're doing uh, four or five opera shows just to kind of trial and see how that works. And of course we've got comedy on tap, uh, and we do that more at a local level. So this is like fourth where we've got the Boston Room out the back, which is synonymous with with comedy we get some really big names in there um, but we're also doing comedy on tap so great opportunity and I think I think what people want and it's showing in the sales this year we've sold almost half of our tickets already for Shakespeare people want to get out and about they want to socialise they want to see live music they want to see you know live performances because they just want to reconnect they want to reconnect with their friends they want to reconnect with all the things that they haven't done and 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 so what we're trying to do is give give customers what they want which is the opportunity to reconnect in their local communities and in their pubs fantastic something to look forward to i guess you know buying tickets in advance but saying but saying the outside spaces do you have any issues with neighbors do you have any issues with no because these i mean normally the shows are we obviously you know that then whilst they're quite fun and rowdy they're not they don't they're not really loud events because okay. they're, they're, mm. they're shows rather than loud music. Mm. And mm. we always adhere to local restrictions. Mm. And most of the, the performances are done by 10 o'clock. And do you need any special license for that? Like to hold PPL, PPRS? Is there, is there anything you need to pay from that like as an operator? I don't know the answer to that, you know. Okay. Okay. Sure. I'm just thinking there's other operators that they might be interested in doing something yeah, we'll have similar. A look. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look and, yeah, uh, and put it on the, on the story. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point, Heath. It's a good point. I mean, it's not yeah, often that you come up with a good point, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to ask yeah. you, Heath, you know, you've got a lot of very famous customers. I mean, do you think you're staging any events in the garden, apart from being slapped by... You know, your customers on a regular no, basis. I, I, I just try and make them feel at home here. Do you, but do you do think? You know, I mean, you could. You know, you've got Jude what? Law comes in. You could get Jude right, to maybe Jude, put on. Sing a... for your dinner, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> before you eat, I just need you to do a little bit of Shakespeare on mm. the stage over there. Mate, I'm sure that would go down well, Ed. I think it's worth a try. Yeah, I'll ask him. Yeah, I think you should. It's the first episode of why Ed doesn't have a pub. <laughs> Brilliant. I think the key thing to making this work is really making it fun. Mm. I think if it's too serious or, you know, I think it's it's got to be fun. And that, that, that's the beauty of the the team at Open Bar is they make it fun. They get the audience involved. It's, you know, mm. it's, it, it sometimes goes a bit wrong. Mm. And actually, all the be- it's all the better for it. Mm. Yes, yeah. So I guess, I, I suppose, in terms of advice for, for operators looking to do this then, I mean, it's, only, it, it's find a company that can, that can bring this to you and that you can work with. Yeah, exactly. Find a company that can, you can work. You know, there might even be local local groups that are, are but you know, budding actors and actresses that you can kind of get on the stage and, and put something on that people want to see, and then you can tap into their audience as well. And I think as long as it's fun and it makes you feel good and it brings everybody together, what, what what's better than that, really? 
Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Okay, Jane. Well, that, that we are out of time now, but thank you very much for that. That's been uh, fantastic. Cheers, Jane. Cheers, nice Jane. See you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, James. Nice to see you, you too. Bye. Cheers. Bye. You're listening to the Login Podcast, and we're now talking about sporting events. We've got the UEFA Euros on the horizon, and pubs will be gearing up where possible to make the most of it. James, you're a huge sporting fan. You've never seen a sport you haven't been willing to gamble on. <laughs> uh, Heath, on the other hand, I love it that the fire engines wait until I start and then drive past, don't they? It's, uh, Ambulance. It's cool. But Heath, on the other hand, was thrown out of New Zealand for not being a rabbit All Blacks fan. Now, overpaid. They're all I overpaid. said a rabbit or an All Blacks fan. <laughs> <laughs> or a rabbit. You're your I mean, rabbits. It is, it is they debatable. They get paid far too much money. He's, you're a big fan of the rugby, aren't you? No, I don't like the All Blacks at all. Fortunately, we've got a guest expert joining us now from the Loxy Sports Bar and Grill in Sheffield, Damien Chapman. So, welcome, Damien. Hi, you're right. Yeah, good sir. Thanks for joining us. So, I mean, you know a little bit about sports, uh, probably more than these two, as we've we've uh, clearly pointed out that James is only good at losing money on it, and Heath is pretty much uninterested and gets thrown out of his own country for it. So, I mean, tell us a bit about your own bar. Um, what do you do? How do you how do you sort of approach the sports question? So, I've got a two floor bar. I've got over thirty TVs in my bar, and we. It's more about building the great atmosphere for the customer, for the consumer to absolutely have a wonderful day. It's not about just coming, sitting down, giving them a couple of beers, watching watching them game, and then going home. Um, it's more of the whole package. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as in for the Champions League. Um, for the Champions League game on the Saturday we are offering a package so you come down early you get your table we'll feed you um, we have like a bit of a game as in like um, so correct the score so we, we, we do like uh, guess the score Right. so everybody who comes in gets a ticket they, they pick a minute of um, the game and if someone scores in that minute, then you get an hundred pound tab. Right, it's just creating okay. it. It's just yeah, the old packaging atmosphere for the consumer. So those so kind of mini kind of uh, games and engagement where you get people engaged in a different way. It's not just about yeah, sort of the, the, the football itself. And, and advertising that on Facebook obviously gets you engagement. Comment, people comment in. Um, the more people commenting on your post, the more engagement the beat. Better the reach will be. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's just yeah. Okay, cool. And in terms of sort of, um, we've got the Euros coming up. I mean, that's that's a that's a big old event. Uh, usually, we we'd see sort of uh, good turnouts to pubs and things like that. I mean, what are you anticipating um, for this year, and and how are the restrictions going to impact on you? Um, I'm, I think it'll, it'll be great. I mean, since reopening, trade has been phenomenal. People are at, it's, it's great to have people back in. Um, it's great to have people smiling. And I think everybody is just looking forward to forward to the Euros. I mean, mm. yeah, the pubs would be packed if restrictions wasn't there. But like like everything, we work around it. It's just, um, yeah, Heineken have been absolutely fantastic as well. They've given me um, POS, so I've got a big inflatable ball on the roof. Um, I've got loads of big Heineken parasols. 
um, signage, the, the like sign signed on all the side of my building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's giving you that extra bit of theatre then. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent, hundred percent, and. Um, I think with with the table service, if it is table service, if restrictions don't get lifted after the twenty first um, for the last game, at table service will work. And I found the consumers actually like table service more. I mean, we've got an ordering app; you order through the app, and people are spending more ordering through the app than actually trying the trying to fight the way through the crowds to get to mm. the bar. So, mm. yeah, it could work in it's our favour. It's no, a better it's experience, surely. Getting it I mean, do you, do you, I mean, you guys have seen benefits of, yeah. of table service, haven't you? In your sites, you, you've picked up, you've seen trade actually increase. Yeah, because yeah. it's quicker. Yeah. In some, you're not fighting your way to the bar. The, the, you know, the, 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 the bartender gets the check, it off he goes. Mm. We, yeah. we just find a bit of service. And I, I guess, know. I mean, with 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 a football match as well. You know, you've you traditionally and, and Damien, you all have the experiences. Obviously, you know, you everyone sort of waits until the half time and then smashes into the bar. So I guess this this you yeah, yeah, yeah. will see a big boost from uh, table service. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, it's and I think as well we'll see a lot of different crowd and all in the as, as well in the pub. Like people who probably would avoid going to the pub because they would be crammed and packed. Mm, yeah. I think it's more as well. I think it'll be a great family. The groups of males so, cheering, yeah. chicken beer, about in the pub. Well, I, I think it will. It's, it's good to take. the way I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, sorry, James. You say no. It's, just, it's good. I know for you two guys, as ugly men, it helps you get served because you know when you're up against other better-looking people at the bar. Well, like yourself, much, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's much more difficult. So you but, just uh, weigh fifty-pound yeah. notes. That's how you yeah, get exactly. attention. But but a sports bar is that though. It is you. You go in, you yeah. crush a few beers, and you just dread to be the one that's round is as the game kicks off. So short fitting a yeah, yeah, surely you make more money. It's the perfect experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, we're, we're focusing on the Euros, and I mean, you guys don't show sport. Uh, no. Would you would you make an exception in the Euros? I mean, I know World Cups. You've seen pubs sort of bring in TVs. Or if England I mean, get to the final, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, I mean, I'll play to. the game. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think it's interesting. We got we got um, sort of kind of sports bar, not not specifically as, as you, um, but we've got bars that do specialise in that the event, and we do see people come and go. Mm. Um, I think we'll keep certainly here as we are unless we've got a final and then everyone will just be going nuts but I um, I think that people will do different things it's not that I like the way you're talking here in terms of getting the dwell time improved mm. beyond the 90 minutes um, and getting that buy-in through mm. there I completely get that um, I think it's slightly different here people will go to a game for the a bar for the game and then come out but mm. um, I wonder whether just a slightly separate question but whether the authorities will see this as the first potential flashpoint for enforcement and whether you're expecting to see more of that in your uh, sites in terms of vertical drinking and uh, again depends what we're what we're under but certainly we know the start of the tournament will still be under mm. current restrictions how do you feel about that do you think that's going to be a thing um i've not really thought about it as such but it, yeah i do think so in a way i mean yeah i've not really thought about it too far ahead i'm just taking every game as it comes and I, I, and I think I've already said to myself if restrictions do get lifted I am going to keep table service anyway right um, okay I, yeah. do think, I, I do think it'll be too much for people and I wouldn't want to push people away from the venue just for one game if that makes sense yeah and I am and I do want families and everybody to come in and enjoy the experience more mm. Mm. because 
with with us being a sports bar, um, we was we was driven Fridays, Saturdays to watch sport. Um, but now the demographic of people who are coming in, everybody's coming in. If that makes sense, there's more people coming in as families to eat food and stuff. And I wouldn't want to go back and put pressure on people because people may be still a bit nervous. Mm. Yeah. yeah, even though the government yeah, says so. I mean, are you. Uh, I mean, how how is uh, sort of forward bookings looking for the games? And are you um, are you seeing good numbers? I mean, what what's the situation? Yeah, yeah. my bookings. I'm fully booked for all three games. Right. Um, okay. Table. So, and I've done uh, tickets on uh, for the game. Um, I've not. I've got some outdoor TVs, but I've fitted, and I'm going to fit some more. Um, but I'm. We, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure on what to do. I might have that outside as a fan zone if possible. Right. Um, for the last game and see how it goes from there. Fantastic. Okay. And I mean, outside the Euros, are you sort of uh, are other sports sort of things you build events around, like the Olympics or uh, that's that's yes, on the horizon? Yes. So, um, so F1 is good. I've got a massive uh, F1 following. So uh, every Sunday, people come in to watch F1, and they have a great drink for it, which is quite surprising to be fair because I don't really follow it that much myself but now I've actually started getting into it and yeah F1's great um, Super Bowl as well that is right. always good it's, well, it's late good night laugh. isn't it mm. yeah yeah late, late night, night yeah so. Yeah. You show the football first, and you bore everyone to death with the Formula One of cars going round and round in circles. <laughs> oh, Formula One's good, man. Leave and that then, alone. You just uh, don't understand uh, it. Uh, uh, we found a sport you like, Ethan. My question would be, the three England games, at least we hope there's more than three, but there's certainly going to be three. Um, most pubs will find it easy to pack those out with the greatest respect, but what's your plan to yeah. get people in the other times? You know what I mean? On the, uh, across the tournament. <laughs> Alcohol. So... But, but, the way I've opened the pub has been more uh, I've moved away from being sporter um, and I've gone towards more of being food family zone coming um, I've got a new play area what's being built in the back it's just trying to let everyone know that it's not we're not just here for sport we're to come and have a good time with the family I mean I've got a lot of um, locals football teams children's football teams uh, adults football teams are coming now on a regular basis um, yeah Brilliant. okay and I mean just conscious of the time so I mean what what bit of advice yeah. what key bit of advice would you offer to operators to, to make the most out of the Euros this year just be positive happy enjoy it and if you enjoy it yourself and don't worry about things and go in it confidently you'll make money and you'll have a fantastic time while doing it as well brilliant brilliant okay Damien well thank you very much for that thank you cheers cheers Cheers. you're listening to the lock in podcast and we are pretty much at the end of this week's episode so um, let's uh, let's have a we've been talking about events in pubs Let's uh, let's end on a on a, a lighter-hearted note. Um, most memorable event um, for you guys in pubs. What's uh, sporting was probably when we beat Argentina in the World Cup football. 
That's 2002. When was that? 1990. I think I remember that. Yeah, because it was Japan. When I was only five. Oh no, you're talking about yeah. When we when we scored the everyone's pints hit the ceiling, and it was literally the whole time just water was all pints of Foster's probably was. Was that where the whole throwing the beer in the air started from? You The thing I sort of half remember was when I was with Heath drinking wine, trying to keep up with him. And I fell off the I'd last one, I fell off the back of a stall in his garden, I scraped the top of my head, big open gash. Big open I knew you were gonna say gash, and I thought <laughs> I'd steer away from it. But you've gone gash, so I'll stay with gash. And then I came Thank in and all his, there was there was claret everywhere, both wine and blood. And then um, his staff were like, oh, oh, you've got to take him to A&E, you've got to take him to he went, he went all Henderson, New Zealand, he went, nah, I got it. And he grabbed a dirty, he drew a, a dirty bar towel, he stuck it on my head and pretty much sellotaped it around my chin. So all I remember was waking up on his sofa in the morning with these bar towels on my head and sellotape. I was like, oh, big night. I don't, I don't know what you're oh, complaining about, you're still alive. Yeah, no, true. Yeah, I mean, you did start. also have a few practice runs of that because I was there that night and you fell off that stall about five times. So. <laughs> I was pushed. I was pushed. <laughs> Do you remember that night you got in and you tried to? You'd seen a movie, didn't you? Where they opened. You can. You'd lost your key, which was later found oh. in your pocket, and you broke every bank card because you thought you could. You could pick your own front door. The <laughs> <laughs> next day, you had to phone everyone and get a new car. <laughs> <laughs> I was still trying to remember did, what did happened. Did he get there. in the house? No, I didn't get I don't no. know. I, I don't Stuck know what to happened the pub. Oh, you set the alarm off. You broke a window. Do you remember? Oh, I broke into the pub. It yeah. was 500 quid. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about most memorable events in But they were. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I got married and then had the reception at the pub. And um, I got gifted a lot of wine from a mate who's a winemaker in New Zealand. Paul at Prophets Rock. And he, he, gave, he gifted nice me his... Nice plug, though. Yeah. Gave me his, gift, gifted me his entry-level Pinot Noir which by most standards is, is better than anything that most people More than you wanted to give pubs, us, by the yeah. way. So he, he gifted me that, but I left a note for my staff, and I was quite detailed on my note. Shock. But, said the control freak. <laughs> yeah, I was quite detailed on my note, but my staff just looked at the note and obviously thought, no, Heath wouldn't drink that. So they went and I, I no, no, this is what they did to me. So they went down to the cellar and instead of getting all the wine that I had for the wedding, they went and got all of Paul's premium wine, <laughs> right, which is... 30, 30 quid cost plus that um, and when it opened that up and put on every table in the pub so I walked in for my wedding like celebrating and I looked around and pulled the winemaker goes mate I tried to stop them but it's already open and instead of having free wine I paid four and a half thousand pounds of the wine for my wedding so so two let, things because I was there two things he was never celebrating <laughs> when he came into the pub <laughs> And I made damn sure that wine never moved anywhere. And the delight on my on uh, my face to see his face just drop like that was delicious. I've never been so honestly, mate. I, I like the fact that this is probably the most memorable bit of your wedding. Mm. Oh, I got married as well. <laughs> it's and basically then, that they served the wrong wine and it cost you more than you were expecting. Yeah, right. but yeah. good wine. If I had people going to me, the wine's really good. I go, yeah, of course it <laughs> fucking is. <laughs> At least he's got over it. That's the main. I know. Thing. I mean, he's not. He's not. Not held a grudge on that for a while. No, has he? it's so, brilliant. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Edward, yours. I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I think. I mean, I was with you. This on probably, the, probably uh, one of the 27 podcasts. Maybe. I mean, well, maybe that's it. Yeah. The most memorable mm. moment was uh, was sitting here with you two. Um, feeling the pain of doing this but no mm. no I, I think I remember the, that, that football match you mentioned I remember sitting upstairs in a function room with a load of other idiots and just going nuts mm. with beer and, so it, and I think that was it, I think that it was, was the first time moment. I got soaked the person behind me either uh-huh. poured it down my neck or threw it in the air I'm not entirely yeah. sure I think he just didn't like me so um, it's kind of stuck stuck in my mind 
ever since. But um, I'm trying to think of other sporting moments. I would like to say the Rugby World Cup 2003. Mm. I mean, that was... What's mm. that one? That was what, when we won the Rugby World Cup. Australia. 2003. We beat Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're not interested because it's... But they're Australians anyway. It's, uh, I mean, you don't like rugby. Not yeah, I don't mind Kiwi. rugby, I just don't like the All Blacks. Well, this is it. But, I mean, that was, that was a particularly special moment. And you want to be in a pub. You want to be sort of with people doing that. Mm. It's, uh, and the best bit of that, I remember my brother desperate to go to the toilet. And we literally let him walk out the room. And this was right at the end of the match when it was kind of neck and neck. Didn't know what was going to happen. He was like, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go. He's, he walked out the room. We let him go. We let him get to mid-flow. And then we all started cheering. Oh, it's a joke. It was a joke, Heath. Yeah, oh, thank sorry. you for that. I mean, the tumbleweed literally flowed. Now, I might have to edit that bit out. No, don't keep it. People <laughs> understand. <laughs> anyway, People I hate you understand. two. We're not doing this next week because I don't like yeah, you now. It's like That's a big uh, for you. Yeah, I, we are, it's half term, Heath. It's half term. That, that time of the year where you have to take time off and spend it with your children. I know you nah, don't like so doing that. Pubs. It's all your pubs. So, yes, that is it for this week, folks. Uh, we won't be back next week. We are having a week off, and uh, but we will be back the week after that. Uh, please do subscribe to the podcast, uh, like and share on social media. We do need to get back some of those listeners from, uh, that we may have lost with this one. Uh, but in the meantime, um, we will see you in a week's time. And the half. Cheers. Thanks. Oh, okay.